Welcome to Founder Focus, your masterclass in business building. I'm your host, Andrew Amaduri, and today I sit down with the one, the only, Kiana Erickson. Kiana started Golden Hour Events, a wedding planning company in Bozeman, Montana in 2021 after an absolute roller coaster of interesting life events. Wrapping up her second season of wedding planning, she's done six weddings this season and already has five on the books for next. In today's episode, you'll learn the ins and outs of how to build a wedding planning business, what the industry looks like, as well as tons of applicable tips for businesses of all types. Before we get started, make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Kiana, welcome to Founder Focus. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Good. So you built Golden Hour Events, a wedding planning business from the ground up. But I want to hear about your story before company, BC. What did you do for work before starting Golden Hour Events? So before Golden Hour Events, I was in retail mostly. Um, I, I mean, so many different random retail jobs, you know, just typical. But um, I have known that I wanted to be in the wedding industry since I was in high school. Being in Bozeman, Montana, where there are not many event planning study opportunities from like a schooling standpoint, how did you end up breaking into the industry? So, as my dad tells it, I, he's known, well, I've told him like for forever that I wanted to be a wedding planner. And I actually didn't even know that there were wedding planning, like, like schools for event planners or anything like that. Um, the closest thing around here, of course, was business school. That's like everybody's typical go-to right out of high school, I feel like. Yeah. What's a degree that can open a bunch of doors and maybe get me to where I want to be? Exactly. Um, and so I actually went to school in Great Falls for um, for business, but I had gotten a volleyball scholarship. And I ended up back here in Bozeman um, and was working in an eye doctor's office and had like on a lunch one day, well, right out of high school, I'd reached out to a whole bunch of wedding planners when I um, had gotten back to Bozeman and had just been like, you, I will do an unpaid internship. You don't even have to pay me. I just want to learn the business. But at that point in time, it was very much. if I train you, it's going to be, you're going to be my competition. And nobody was willing to even remotely talk. I didn't even, I got one email back and she asked me for a headshot. That's a interesting response. Especially as, as an 18 year old, you know, right at a high, 19 out of high school. I'm like, I don't even know what a headshot is. A selfie, a headshot. I don't know. Right. Am I auditioning <laughs> for something or am I coming to work for you and help you build a business. Yeah. Um, and she's actually a very well-known, very well-published uh, wedding planner. So it was a very odd, um, a very odd response to me. What I'm hearing is if I want to go work for a well-established wedding planner, I just need to pay somebody a couple thousand and get mm-hmm. the most beautiful headshot. I don't need a resume, right? Yeah. Just a headshot, maybe some Photoshop so I look pretty. Perfect. 
You'll get it. <laughs> Hands down. And I didn't even like, I didn't even respond. I was like, that's such a weird like response. I don't, I don't even know what to send you. Um, and so then I, at lunch one day when I was working um, at the eye doctor's office, I, a friend sent me a link for a wedding planning company out of Missoula that was looking for interns. And I was like, great. Um, I reached out to them, did a couple interviews, had a really huge, long, like, non-compete contract and all of these things. Um, Still worried about that competition. Exactly. It's so interesting. Like I wasn't, it was, yeah, uh, it was very interesting. And I worked for them for a year and a half, like a season and a half. They, they had stuff, some here in Bozeman um, and Red Lodge, mostly in Missoula. And so it was kind of hard to manage that as well. Do most wedding event planners target multiple locations during a season or do they normally stick around one? Uh, I think that is based on your location. Montana is such a, it's such a big state, but it's such a small community. And um, I, this season traveled uh, to Livingston. I went to Whitefish. Um, we were in Missoula a little bit. And so it, it, I, I have a hard time getting outside of Bozeman or the Bozeman area because I know the vendors around here and I know that they will go above and beyond for my clients. Oh, that's a good problem to have. It's so hard to travel all over the state. I guess I have to do all my work near home. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I, I enjoy being around here just because we have a really great core group of, of um, vendors that really support each other. So you finally get a job working with a wedding planner. Where did you start off? Uh, hanging. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you asked that. Uh, the one, I mean, that stands out the most, we actually did a wedding up in the Yellowstone Club. Fancy. Yeah, it's, uh, it was, I was super excited. You had to get a pass to get in. Um, and I was schlepping uh, floral buckets uh, back and forth from the car. But I didn't care because it's what I wanted to be doing. I would have done anything these girls asked me to do. <laughs> um, it was super, super windy. And we were hanging up a seating chart or escort. I guess they call it more an escort card. Um, that sounds racy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a wall with hooks on it and like very fine um, thread that you would hang up like everybody's name card, basically in what table they sit at. And uh, it was so windy and that damn thing blew over so many times. But again, I didn't care <laughs> what I was doing. I was loving every second of it. You start off doing everything and anything that needs to get done. As you progressed along, how much time did you end up spending with that wedding planner? So I worked for them for a a season and then um, because I was still working a full-time job um, and it was of course unpaid. And then I had one paid wedding with them in a... um, in winter and it was just like again helping 
just like event staff, which was totally fine with me. And then I ended up uh, just because it got to be a little much. We just, I just, it, it wasn't even like a thing that needed to be said that we were parting ways. It was just, they didn't need me for another season. And that was fine. They didn't have as much over here that next year. And so I um, went from working at the eye doctor's office uh, to selling wedding dresses at uh, a local wedding dress shop, which again, I, it was a way to be in the industry, um, without explicitly like being in the industry. I don't know it, it I loved it. A way to have your finger on the pulse of what's happening and still be involved another stepping stone to getting to where you wanted to be. Yeah, it's just a little extra information that I'm able to have with my brides now, which is really awesome. Um, But just, again, being able to serve somebody in the biggest day of their life is, it didn't matter what I was doing. I just wanted to be doing it. So at what point did you decide, I'm going to take the leap and start my own wedding planning business? Um, I worked for another wedding planner for after, well, while working at After Five and Wedding um, or the bridal salon, I started working for another wedding planner around here. And she, um, in 2019, my husband and I got married in 2019. That's when I started working for her. And uh, in 2021, she kind of took a step back from wedding planning. And I had my daughter um, nine weeks early and ended up, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't planned. <laughs> no, not at all. She was just ready to party. Um, so we... Like we, I was working a couple weddings that season with her still, um, putting together invitations in the hospital room. How did you balance a personal life emergency while it sounds like still operating at 110% at your work? You just do it. I don't know. There's like no rhyme or reason. You just kind of do it. These Right. This is, although I was having a personal, you know, life emergency, this is also these women's like dream that they've been working on that we've been working on for well over a year. It wasn't like just because my life had an issue, I could stop working on stuff for them. So your daughter starts the party early. You're working at the hospital on these weddings that you have going on. Are you starting to formulate, okay, now it's time to start my own business? Because if I can handle a daughter being born nine weeks early and working in the emergency room or hospital room to get these wedding invitations and whatnot done, then I'm ready to start my own business. At that point, I, it still hadn't even crossed my mind. Um, it, at that point in life, it was very much like we just had to get through each day one minute at a time. And so I hadn't really thought about that until we finally got home from the hospital. Um, And we were in the hospital in the NICU two hours from our house (laughs) um, for six weeks. And um, 
we got home and I got through the first wedding, which actually landed on my daughter's due date. Uh, and my poor mother-in-law sat in the hospital or in the uh, venue parking lot that whole day, <laughs> uh, just so that we weren't super far away from my daughter. But um, how neat to have that type of support! It it was it was we needed it though. Like there was no way we were going to get through all of that without the support of our family, and that's very important to us. Um. And so we got through that wedding, um, kind of got through that summer and I was like, okay. And, and at that point, the wedding planner that I was working for, uh, decided she was going to take a step back and not, not, um, continue with wedding planning. And that was kind of like, well, I'm going to decide whether I'm, gonna start my own business or buy her business and I personally feel like um your your brand is a reflection of who you are and I wanted to start something new that reflected me and my values um not only as a business but as a person and so that is kind of where Golden Hour Events uh, was born wow so what were your first steps in starting your business? Um, in Montana, it's actually fairly easy to start a biz- business. Um, so step one, move to Montana. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I started my LLC and um, registered my business name, made sure that there was nobody else uh, remotely close with the business name. Uh, there are a couple out in California, but I don't feel like we're direct competition with them. <laughs> couple states away. Exactly. Um, and then that was kind of it, honestly. It it was it felt too easy. It felt easy at that point, yeah. <laughs> but then you had to put rubber to the road. What was your initial budget for starting the business and where did that money go? So I w- I felt very strongly that when I started the business, I didn't want to like, I had to go all in, especially with my branding. I feel like a wedding planner is a luxury service and I have to reflect that, especially in my branding and um, kind of everything that I put out there. And I honestly didn't have an initial budget because I didn't know what it was going to cost. And so I reached out to a couple of um, marketing people that are local uh, to start my initial branding process. And that was like my next step is I, I worked with her really closely on, on doing my branding and coming up with like my tagline. She like beautifully executed everything that I wanted like my brand to portray. And, uh, and then we kind of went a little stagnant because I didn't, um, last year I ended up having two hip surgeries and I didn't know where we were going to go, you know, 
how long it was going to take me to recover. I wasn't able to pick up my one and a half year old daughter for 10 weeks. Man, you like to keep things interesting. Hip <laughs> surgeries, we'll call it that. daughter born nine weeks early. <laughs> Maybe you, me, it's me. I'm the problem, right? No, yeah, you just no. don't want a doll life. You want to keep that spice, right? Yeah, we'll tell my husband that. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> um, we like to make our insurance happy, always meeting our deductibles. You're caring for everyone, exactly. especially the insurance company. <laughs> um, and so I didn't know where we were going to be as far as I couldn't with my daughter, much less a table or move chairs or anything like that. So um, that was like, so 2021 into 2022, I just kind of really gathered everything that I had done thus far and tried to group it all together and get some sort of a social media following and presence. Um, and I had one wedding last year that was like super minimal 30 people in a backyard but it was still um they were like the perfect ideal clients for my first like jump into my own business which was really cool when you say you gathered all the pieces that you could to start building a social media presence what are the fundamental pieces for branding a wedding planning company effectively Oh, that's a hard one. I, to be completely honest, I really dislike social media. <laughs> I, I, I struggle to, uh, I struggle with the fact that it's not always, that everything has to be picture perfect. And realistically, in the wedding world, it's not. It's not. There's so much that goes on, on the, on the, like on the front end of things for some of the vendors. And there's so much that we put on hold in our own lives to make sure these couples have the best day of their lives. And so I, like, I truly struggle with posting on social media because everything feels like it has to be one way, but I also am very transparent with who I am and what I bring to the table. Have you found that to be an effective strategy with, with growing your clientele? I, yes. I am one of those people that believes like what you put out into the world is what you're going to get back. And I feel like I am attracting my ideal client. by it, Like my ideal client isn't somebody that, yes, they want the perfect wedding, but they also realize that I am also a person, I'm a mom, you know, I'm a business owner, and they don't get to walk all over me just because. How did you determine your target clientele? Um, by working with those other wedding planners, I really felt like I was able to get a taste for different types of clients and who I ideally would like to attract. And I, I know that DIY stuff is not my thing. The um, day of coordination, there is a time and a place for it. And there's a special breed of person that does that. 
but I am <laughs> very hands-on, maybe a little type A, which is why I'm good at my job. And, um, and I like to make sure that I have my hand in every little thing that gets done to make sure it's done and makes the day goes as easy as possible. That brings up a great question. What are the different types of wedding planners? Yeah. So there, um, in my experience, there are a day of coordinators, which has more so turned to, um, it, it's more month of, or even three months before, um, you there you're not working with them from the like time you get engaged to the time of the wedding you it's if you want to take you know the lead role in planning your wedding you have the time for that um in sourcing everything that you need and then basically you've done all the work and you're handing it off to somebody to execute um i am too <laughs> I I don't do well with that just because I really like to double, triple, quadruple check, make sure everything is done. Um, and in my experience, there's too many ways for things to fall through the cracks. It's something that I offer. But with that, I also have to do the design because then I know that everything is being taken care of. And then it almost falls into... The next one, which is partial planning, and in the wedding industry or event world, there's like a lot of gray area in all of these. Um, in my, yeah, totally. <laughs> there's there there is like a lot of gray area for the vendors, mostly in um, in how it all kind of works. So. Partial planning for me means that you're doing a majority of the wedding planning. And if there are specific tasks, and in my package, it's it's 10 hours worth of tasks. Um, and I had heard recently on a podcast, actually, that it takes between, uh, what was it, two and 300 hours of planning to plan a wedding. Oh my gosh. I'm just going <laughs> to skip out on the wedding part. Sorry, future wife. That we'll just go to a courthouse and go to Niagara Falls or something. No, that's why you hire a wedding planner. <laughs> okay. That's why I'm going to talk to yes. Kiana at Golden Hour Events. <laughs> yeah. That way I don't have to put in the two to 300 hours and my wife is happy exactly. and I don't cry as much. Exactly. As um, much. As emphasis much. on that. Yes. Um, and so I will take on. Um, an extra like 10 hours of tasks for them. If that's, you know, making um, welcome bags or, uh, and making sure that those are in the hotels for each guest, like those type of things. Um, I will take on that. Um, and if you want above 10, 10 ish hours, then it's like $150 an hour from there. Which then leads into full event coordination and design. And that is where a lot of us uh, do our best work because we are able 
um, and generally hired between 18 and 12 and 18 months out from a wedding. And we are able to see it from start to finish, make sure everything is handled. They don't have to worry about anything. We do the design. We source all the products. Um, of course, there's a lot of communication with the bride and groom to make sure that we are reflecting their style and everything uh, that they Probably want. Probably bride more so than groom. Yeah, I honestly just met one of my grooms yesterday, uh, and I've been working her with her for a couple of months. <laughs> that's that's kind of where my packages go, uh, and my heart really lies with full event coordination or partial coordination with design. How did you determine pricing for your packages? Uh, I really looked at market research. I looked at my specific area and like where I felt I lied in the, in the range of wedding planners. Of course, there's going to be, you know, brand new planners that are just starting out. And while I am just starting out my business, I have, you know, eight to eight ish years in the industry. Um, and I have built my relationships with the vendors that I, that I use mostly. Um, so there's like the wedding planners that are just starting out. And then there's those wedding planners that are clearly, um, luxury wedding planners that have been published multiple times. Um, I have been published under one of the other, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Under one of the planners that I previously worked for, but um, it 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 and so I just kind of looked at those planners, saw where their pricing was, and tried to be right in line. I don't want to undercut a a group of planners. I don't want to make myself seem like I am a luxury planner, but I. I really feel like educating our clients is a is a big key. Like if you Google what does a wedding planner cost, you'll see a range from six hundred dollars to you know thousands and thousands of dollars. And I I think that we as a as the event industry and event vendors and your wedding pros, we need to be able to educate our clients a little bit more um, on the market that they're looking in. When you're interacting with clients, what are the key items that you educate them on first and foremost? Um, so budget is a big one. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go get married in Montana. It's Montana. But Bozeman is a huge destination wedding hub. Um, we, I mean. Let's see. I've got five on the books next year. And you're not even closed out of this season yet. I know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've got one more in, in um, November. And out of... So out of my brides from this year and next year, I think three of them, and I had five, six this year, three of them were local. So it, it's just not... Um, People aren't as familiar with the market. No, it's it's definitely not a budget place to get married. And I think that shocks a lot of people. So a huge part of that initial communication is explaining why the prices are so high and what you get for those prices. 
and um knowing that while it is a big wedding hub there are only a select number of vendors there are only four um event rental companies in our area there are only yeah i mean there's an abundance of you know photographers like those core things but if if one wedding rental company is out of something it's not like you can just go to the next one and they have the same thing it's it's they're out you got to find something else as a wedding planner, what's the most effective way to establish a strong relationship with vendors in your area? Um, networking is a big one. And then also showing them that you go above and beyond for your clients. Um, there are, as always in any industry, there are people that are in it for money. I'm not that person and I don't want to be working with that person because the likelihood that they will go in a, above and beyond for my client and make sure that their day is seamless is very small. As a wedding planner, what legal and financial items do you have to be aware of? Um, legal is really <laughs> a big one. Um, protecting yourself, protecting your business. Um, making sure in communication that everything is clear, like what you will be providing is very clear and to not have that gray area as much as possible. With COVID, that was a big one that we've seen a lot of changes in contracts um, with uh, specifying that if an act of God occurs, depending on the vendor, you may or may not get your, your deposit back. Um, and a lot of vendors have been changing their wording to not say deposit. I believe they're changing it because deposit infers that you'll get it back if something happens. Um, but not, I think they're changing it to like non-refundable booking fee or something like that. So from a legal standpoint, making sure that people understand things will happen and we'll do our best to make sure you have the wedding you've always imagined, but be mindful. There are events that are out of our control. Absolutely. Uh, I had a, a father of the bride recently ask me, um, so what happens if you die? Typical question, right? Me. Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't think that's going to matter to me. <laughs> right? My hands are off of it at that point. There's nothing I can You're do. You're going to have to take that up with my husband. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's just, uh, and there are a lot of really, really great um, places for new wedding planners to to kind of look up this information. I personally had a lawyer draw up my contract. Um, and she's actually, all, along with being a lawyer, she's also a wedding photographer. So she kind of knows the industry. Um, and I will be revising my contract this year. That's something I plan on doing every year. But um, but there are really, really good resources for new planners um, from planners that have already dealt with certain things, um, and can help you avoid them. 
Do you have any recommendations for finding those resources? Yeah. Um, Refine for Planners is a really, really great resource. Amber Anderson. Um, She has a podcast about different wedding planner things. Um, She also, she's just, she's, they have like a, there are multiple different platforms, you know, that you can use to plan a wedding. Um, And she has created her own that is really, really amazing that uh, we utilize a lot. Um, And it's called, again, Refine for Wedding Planners. Um, She's an incredible resource. She kind of gives you the guidelines to certain things and helps you navigate that. She offers um, some... She's still a wedding planner was what I was getting at. Um, So there are different platforms for you to buy into to help plan your like plan the wedding but it's just kind of a shell of a platform whereas amber and the refine portal gives you a lot of those tools and you don't have to go searching for it i feel like there's a lot of gatekeeping to certain things in the industry and i um really appreciate that there are resources now for newer planners. Personally, what tools and software do you use to help you organize and plan? Yeah, so I looked at a quite a, a quite a few different ones. There's Isle Planner, there's Harpson, there's um, HoneyBook, which I do use HoneyBook for sending out my proposals along with um, any of my questionnaires that I need from my clients. Um, But I, for planning and um, a lot of those detail things, I use the Refine portal, which is great because it is Google Docs based. Oh, that makes life so easy. It's so cool. Um, There's no downtime. It's like, this is my little Refine portal shout out. Affiliate link not below because they're not an affiliate, but go check them out. (laughs) But they've been so like, it's been a game changer. Um, I started the season without it and my brides for next year um, have been able to utilize the portal and everything. And I've been asking them, is it pretty user friendly? And, And they've all been super on board with it. Oh, another one. Chancy charm is, uh, a good uh, resource for new planners. She has like a link called the, her little black book and it has um, her affiliate links to all of the different things that are so easy, uh, like different contract links for planners um, and planner specific items, which is really cool. As a wedding planner, you have a thousand things going on at the same time. What personal approaches have you implemented to effectively manage all the moving pieces? Oh, I think I'm still figuring that one out. Um, I am very much a night owl. And so while my husband and my daughter are sleeping is when I get a lot of work done. 
um, as any, you know, working mom will say, like, after the kid goes to bed, you have so much time. However, my daughter's also a night owl and will often stay up with me a lot of the time. (laughs) That's sweet. You got free labor at one and a half? Two, yeah, two and a half, yeah. At two, right? She can be your cheerleader. She is a very good cheerleader. We watch lots of Disney movies together while I'm working. Um, But just really, I'm really, I think, still trying to figure that out. But um, implementing the Refine Portal has been a game changer for me and my business and, and being able to keep track of everything that is happening. And keep track of everything for each client in a in an orderly fashion. What are your key tips for ensuring a wedding moves smoothly? Hire a wedding planner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that will be your big... shameless self plug. No, not even. Even if I like, it's the biggest invest. It's one of the biggest investments that you'll have in your wedding day, but. Not only making sure it goes smoothly, but so that you can enjoy your day is the 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 best thing. Like being able to hand it off to somebody else and be like, I don't have to worry about it is making sure that as a bride or a groom or, you know, as one of those partners being wed, it is that is the best way to ensure the day goes smoothly as a planner. Having a really, really good um, team that you have built to the, if I, my husband works weddings with me, I'm sure he, I think he secretly loves it. Sorry, we'll bring him on in a future episode and be like, okay, tell me the truth here. He, he likes it when it's not in hunting season. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll re- rephrase that. He likes it when it's not hunting season. I can appreciate that. <laughs> He knows nine times out of 10 what I need before I say it. He knows how I run my wedding day. He knows, um, and we're, we're growing our team. Um, so we've been able to bring on a couple of people this year, which has been nice for him to not have to do all the heavy, heavy lifting. Um, his cousin actually works weddings with us as well. and same thing she knows what i need before i say it she knows how we run a wedding day um she actually started working weddings with us this year on the biggest wedding that i had this year that was a three-day event it was a um, welcome party and rehearsal dinner the wedding and then a farewell brunch wow stack them all on top of each other make life easy right (laughs) It was Labor Day, so then I got to sleep the whole... I got to sleep all of Monday, which was really nice. But I didn't know wedding planners sleep. I thought somehow you found some magic pill that lets you not sleep. I, I wish that was a thing, but a wedding hangover is a real thing. You actually got to talk to me on Sunday while I was having my wedding hangover. The energy level was a little bit different. You were still kind, still cheerful, but I was like, okay, she seems wonderful. And today... You're still wonderful, but it's like there's more life in you. Well, a little bit of night and day, right? But just a little just bit. A little. What are your key tips for recovering from a wedding hangover? Sleep. 
Uh, and I, again, still figuring that one out. It uh, depends on the, it depends on the, the wedding. Um, the one that I did Labor Day weekend was a lot and it was a lot on my body, especially still coming out of um, those surgeries. And so um, that was a little bit of a struggle. But, um, and also that one went until 3.30 in the morning. Okay, so key recovery tip, cut people off at midnight. Significantly earlier than 3 a.m., yes. Uh, and that usually doesn't happen. A lot of the venues around here have a, a time, like, that you have to be out by midnight, like, music off, you're out. Um, this one in particular does not because it's in, um, it is in Livingston and there's no one around them really. So, but one of, uh, my key recovery tips is drinking a lot of water on the day of, or else you'll pay for it the next day. Reflecting back on building golden hour events, what would you do again? And what would you do differently? Differently? I I would have had the com- I would have liked to have had the confidence in myself right out of the gate to know that this is something I could do on my own without having to learn from somebody. Um, but and, and knowing that I didn't need a degree for it, uh, I spent a lot of money on you know schooling that maybe wouldn't have helped me as much as like just getting on the job training. Um, and I maybe would have found those resources a little sooner to really help build my business faster. And, um, but it's hard to say, cause I, I honestly don't know that I would change much because I wouldn't be where I am today without, learning those things, you know, on my own and building those relationships with the vendors that have had a huge part in making golden hour events, what it is. You're a full-time business owner, a full-time wife, a full-time mom. Do you have any tips for someone looking to start their own business who want to balance all those pieces of life? Um, no, that <laughs> it doesn't stop. Now you were going to stop it. No, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, um, next question. <laughs> no tips. No just tips. don't do it. But it's just know that you have a life outside of your business. My dad and my husband have to remind me that a lot. Um, but also your business is kind of it's an extension of you. It's who you are showing to the world. It, I sometimes feel like, um, an artist in some ways, like I, I am definitely a creative and I wear my heart on my sleeve and I try not to take things so personally, but, um, but what I create is such an extension of myself while also reflecting my brides and uh i yeah it, it's hard but you can do it anyone can do it you just have to have the support system around you what's the most valuable lesson you've learned so far in your business building journey mostly to have the confidence in myself 
there were situations uh, before where I maybe have lost, had lost my confidence in myself and um, who, who I am in the event world. There's a lot of um, almost imposter syndrome syndrome when I first started my business, but I know I sit here. I know I'm good at what I do and um, just know, like know your worth. If you could go back in time, would you do this all again? 110%. Why? <laughs> I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. I know. I know. I, because I love what I do and wedding planning is, um, I, I've known that I want to serve people in a certain way. And, uh, wedding planning is a way for me to serve people and be a part of one of the most magical days of their lives. And I love what I do. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Kiana, thank you so much for joining today's episode. Thank you for the insight. Thank you for the inspiration. And thank you for opening up your heart to us. Of course. I hope it is helpful to at least one person. (laughs) If you found value in today's episode, please let us know by leaving us a good review and sharing this with other business builders to help them in their journey. You can find us on Instagram at Founder Focus, where you can stay up to date with new episode releases, get clips, helpful insight. You can check out our YouTube channel at Founder Focus Podcast, where you can find clips from different episodes. And we look forward to seeing you next time.